good, everyone, and welcome back to the Mayo Media Network. My name's Griffin Swanson, and today I'm going to be breaking down that Monday night football game between the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. Got a couple of prize picks that I like for this game, and then we're going to dive into my spreadsheet, breaking down that DraftKings showdown slate. But before we do that, if you could like this video here and subscribe to the channel, I would greatly appreciate that. Don't forget, Mail Media Network has football content coming out Monday through Sunday all season long, and you don't want to miss out on any of that. And for you podcast people, you can always head over to the Apple Pods or Spotify and find all of the content there. But let's go ahead and dive into this Monday night game, kicking it off with a couple of prize picks that I like. All right, so I'm over on the prizepicks.com website here now, and I got a special promotion that I want to talk about here before we dive into the two picks that I like for this Monday night game, and this is going to be for new users. If you guys want to go to prizepicks.com and sign up, make sure you use code MMN. NFL this week, and you're going to get your normal $100 match deposit. But on top of that, if Derrick Henry rushes for one single yard in this game, you're going to get a $25 bonus as well. So it's free money all around. You can always use code MMN upon sign up in the future, and you'll always get that $100 match deposit. But don't miss out on that special offering. Hard to believe that Derrick Henry doesn't rush for at least one yard in this game, so take advantage of it. Now, in regards to the picks that I like here for Monday, night first one is going to be a receiving yards prop and you can see there's a number of different props that we can choose from but mine is going to be Stefan Diggs over 82 and a half receiving yards I know that is a bigger number but I think this is a game where we see Diggs blow up he should be able to run all over that secondary for the Tennessee Titans who are allowing the most fantasy points per game to start the season to opposing wide receivers and Diggs has not been bad he just hasn't really had that blow up game quite yet and I do truly believe this this is going to be the one here. 82 and a half receiving yards, like I said, a bigger number, but I'm looking at a few different projection sites here, and every single one of them have him over 84 and a half receiving yards. It's a small margin, but needless to say, a lot of people are projecting for Diggs to kind of blow up here due to the matchup, and the volume has been great as well. Diggs is still the number one wide receiver in this offense, and I think he's going to have a field day against that Titans secondary. And then on the Titans side of things here, I'm going to go with a rushing TD prop and I'm going to take the big dog Derrick Henry here over one rushing touchdown. Now look, I know that Bills defense has been stellar to start the year. I'm going to highlight them in my spreadsheet in just a minute, but when and if the Titans get down into the red zone or towards the goal line, they're going to feed this guy as much as possible. I don't think you want to leave it in Ryan Tannehill's hands, especially against this defense. Tannehill has not been great to start the year, but Derrick Henry has been. He's got seven touchdowns throughout the first five games and they're going to feed him as much as possible as long as they can in this game but again once they get down into the red zone or even towards the goal line it doesn't matter if they're playing with a lead or playing from behind they're going to give this guy the ball as much as they can now one other thing I will mention here is AJ Brown literally just popped up today on Sunday with an illness now I don't know if he's going to play or not in this game but if he does and we still get word that he's sick I would not be afraid to take the under on his props too just due to how good this Bills defense has been. I didn't really love his props to begin with, but if we get word that he's kind of battling a flu bug or something like that, I would not be opposed to taking the under on his props. But I'm going to take the over here on Derrick Henry for one rushing touchdown and the over on Diggs there at 82 and a half receiving yards. Like I said, he should be able to tear apart that secondary for the Titans, who have been abysmal to start the season. And as a reminder for you new users who want to sign up for prize picks, make sure you use code MMN 
NFL this week for up to a $100 match deposit, and you'll also get that $25 bonus if Derrick Henry rushes for one yard in this game. All right, now we're going to dive into my spreadsheet here, breaking down this DraftKings showdown slate. As always, listing out those Vegas odds here in the top left-hand corner. You can see the Bills are favored to win here on the road with a money line at minus 260 and a minus 5.5 point spread. And then we got the over-under here at 53 points. Definitely looks like this game could turn into a bit of a shootout. Always going to list out those showdown stats behind me as well from 2020. But let's pop on over to this other sheet here. We've got six different stats from last year in regards to the top 1% of lineups. So I'm going to go through these pretty quickly, but take a screenshot of these if you want to. Number one, 92% of all showdown lineups rostered at least one quarterback. And of the top 1% of lineups, 96% had a quarterback rostered as well. Number two, 33% of all lineups rostered a wide receiver at captain. And of the top 1% of lineups, 31.4% did too. Number three, 57% of the top 1% of lineups rostered a captain from a team favored to win. So the Buffalo Bills for this Monday night game. Number four, run it back. An opposing quarterback, wide receiver, or tight end was included in 88.9% of winning lineups that rostered a quarterback, wide receiver, or tight end from the other team at captain. Number five, ignore defense and kickers in the captain spot. Very rarely does that work. Only 1.1% of the time last year in the top 1% of lineups. And number six, don't play more than two kickers or defenses in the same lineup. Usually one is fine. But all right, let's go ahead and dive into my favorite plays here for this showdown. For those of you who are new to these showdown videos, what I do is I list out a captain from both sides of the game. And on the Bills side here, I like Stefan Diggs. He's yet to have a ceiling game. I kind of mentioned that in the prize pick section, but this seems like the game where he's going to blow up. He's got a great matchup here against this Titan secondary, who literally has not been able to stop opposing wide receivers all year long. They're allowing 48.6 DraftKings points per game to opposing wide receivers. The most in the NFL. Stefan Diggs is one of the best wide receivers in the game, still the number one wide receiver in this offense. You can see he leads the team there with 12 red zone targets too, almost 30% of the team's red zone targets. That really hasn't translated into a bunch of touchdowns yet, but he's going to get on the right side of regression here sooner than later. Why not against this abysmal secondary for the Tennessee Titans? Think he should be able to have his way with them. He's one of the best route runners in the game, so so he should be open all night long. He leads the team in targets and air yards as well, on top of the red zone targets too. So just so many things leading up for Stefan Diggs to have a big game, and I think he's going to do that here against this Titans secondary. Now, it was a little more difficult to land on a captain on the Titans side of things. I think a lot of people are just going to resort to Derrick Henry, and I think Derrick Henry's a fine captain play as well, but he's likely going to be the heaviest owned player on the Titans side of things. So I'm going to go with Julio Jones here, especially considering we got word on Sunday that A.J. Brown is questionable and could miss the game due to an illness. Keep an eye on that, but either way, I do like Julio here. Way too cheap in my opinion, first and foremost. And even though he is coming off an injury, this is still a guy who's loaded with talent. Yes, this is a tough matchup here against the Bills defense, but you could realistically say that for anybody on the offensive side for the Titans. It's not like things are going to be easy for Derrick Henry. And so at $9,900 here, I thought, hey man, that's 
that's far too cheap. You could put in some other studs if you do put Julio in the captain spot, and he's still got the ability to go for 20, 25, maybe even 30 plus DraftKings points. It's going to be tough to do that here, but I also expect that the Titans are going to be playing from behind in this game and should be throwing the ball more than normal, which would definitely benefit a guy like Julio Jones. Now, moving on down here to my favorite flex plays. First guy I got there is Josh Allen. By all means, you could put him in the captain spot too. He'll likely carry a lot of ownership, but I'm not afraid of that because look at the upside that he has. He's topped 39 plus DraftKings points in two of his last three games. Just a ridiculous ceiling. He's got the arm and the weapons to throw to and the rushing upside. He's topped 35 rushing yards in four or five games this year. And I just revert back to this first statistic from 2020. Of the top 1% of lineups, 96% had at least one quarterback in their lineup. Josh Allen is the guy that I'm going to be targeting. You can see I have Ryan Tannehill listed below as well, but I'm going to do everything that I can to get Allen in my lineup, especially if I'm playing Diggs in the captain spot or Allen in the captain spot. The correlation between those two is great. They're expensive, but the ceiling and upside is tremendous, especially in this matchup against that Titans defense. We then got the big dog there, Derrick Henry, and it's hard not to at least talk about this guy. It's going to be hard to fade him as well, even in this tough matchup against the Bills. This guy has 48 more rushing attempts than any other running back in the league, and we've only played five weeks of football. This dude is legit averaging 10 more attempts than any other running back per game. That's insane numbers. He also leads the league in rushing yards and averages 29.3 DraftKings points per game. I don't know if he's going to get you 29-30 DraftKings points in this matchup here, but in the same breath, we all know it doesn't take much for this guy to break a couple of tackles and run for a long touchdown of 60-70 plus yards. And again, once they get into the red zone or towards the goal line, they're going to feed this guy as much as possible. So, I don't love the matchup here really for anybody on the Titans side of things, but if there's one thing that we can guarantee with Derrick Henry is that the opportunity should be there. Like I said, he's got 48 more rushing attempts than any other running back to start the season. And then sticking on the Titans side of things here, I did want to mention Ryan Tannehill. I'm certainly not in love with this play, but I think back to that first statistic here of the top 1% of lineups last year, 96% had a quarterback rostered. Now, Josh Allen is the preferred play by all means, but if you're trying to get a little more contrarian, I think you could probably do that with Ryan Tannehill in a Titans stack. Look, he's not been great here to start the year. Six touchdowns and three interceptions, a two-to-one ratio. Not horrible, but again, not great. But this could be one of those situations where the Titans are playing from behind and they have no option but to throw the ball a lot. And maybe he doesn't have the best football performance, but he very well could have himself a decent day on the fantasy side of things. So like I said, I'm not in love with this play here, but if you're looking for more of a contrarian quarterback play, you can do that with Tannehill over Josh Allen. And then one guy here who's just taken his game to the next level this year and really started to build chemistry with Josh Allen is Dawson Knox, their starting tight end. $7,600 here is a little more expensive than I anticipated, but he is worth every penny based off of how he's played to start the season. He actually leads the team right now with five touchdown catches, and he's second on the team in red zone targets at damn near 20%, just behind Stefan Diggs. So you could put him in the captain spot if you wanted to. I think a lot of people are going to resort to Josh Allen 
and Stefan Diggs. So if you want to go a little more contrarian with that, you could certainly do that with Dawson Knox. Now, he's probably not going to see double-digit targets. The most he's seen so far this year is eight and usually floats around four to five. But considering how much he's used in the red zone is why I like this play here. He scored a touchdown in every game so far this year outside of week one, and he's top 20-plus DraftKings points in each of his last two games. So you could put him in the captain spot, even though he probably doesn't have the same ceiling as Josh Allen or Stefan Diggs. It's a lower-priced option for you, and he's certainly fine in the flex spot as well, but really hard to ignore how much this guy's taken his game to the next level this year and the chemistry he's built with Josh Allen. We then got Bill's running back there, Zach Moss, who kind of took over as the number one running back last week against the Kansas City Chiefs over Devin Singletary. Throughout the first four weeks, we saw those guys basically splitting snaps 50-50 or even 60-40 in Singletary's favor. But last week, we saw Moss on the field 73% of the time, and he also leads the team in red zone attempts. He's just been a model of consistency too, rushing the ball and getting involved in the passing game. Here's what he's been able to score on DraftKings so far this year. Now, he did miss week one due to injury, but in week two, he had 16.5 DraftKings points, week three, 18 points one and then the last two weeks 12.1 and 12.2 so not crazy numbers by any means but just been very consistent to start the year hitting double digit DraftKings points in every game that he's played in and again he took over last week getting 73% of the offensive snaps and leads the team in red zone attempts which really stuck out to me the Bills have been the number one offense to start the season no other team has scored more points that's going to bode well for any running back playing on this team especially the one that gets the most looks in the red zone. Now with this next play here, I went a little back and forth between Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders, but for what it's worth, I think both are in play, especially in this matchup here against a bad Titans defense. But I went Beasley just because I think he's going to carry lower ownership than any of the starting wide receivers. But realistically, you could roll out a stack here of Josh Allen, a couple of his wide receivers, or even all three of them, and mix in Dawson Knox too. A number of different ways that you can really attack that. But considering Beasley's should have the lowest ownership of the big three of Sanders, Diggs, and Beasley. I went that route here at $5,400. He's third on the team in red zone targets, and he is the cheapest of the Bills starting wide receivers too. But again, a number of different ways that we can attack that Titans defense. Any of those wide receivers come into play along with Dawson Knox. Now, I'm not usually one to roster a defense in a game that has an over-under of 53 points or more, but it is hard to ignore the way that this Bills defense has played to start the year. And I've talked about them quite a bit already in this video, so let's dive into some of the numbers here. Throughout the first five games, they've averaged three turnovers, three sacks, and 14.2 DraftKings points per game, and that's just not from one outlier game. They've been able to turn over 17, 22, and 23 DraftKings point performances in three of the first five games. That's legit. I mean, there's going to be plenty of skill players in this game who don't hit those numbers or haven't even hit those numbers this year, and so even even though they're a little more expensive on the defensive side of things here at $4,800, I'm not going to be afraid to play them. You know, I was trying to look and say, okay, well, maybe they're better at home or maybe they're better on the road to where I can kind of fade these guys in an over-under of 53 points. But just in Kansas City last week, they had 17 DraftKings points. They had two interceptions, two defensive fumble recoveries, two sacks in that game, scored a touchdown as well. And then in week two, when they were playing in Miami, they scored 22 DraftKings points. So like I said, I've talked about them a lot, but really hard to ignore the way that they've played 
to start this season. We then got Anthony Ferkser there, the Titans pass catching tight end. Now, the Titans do rotate three different tight ends, and I'm not in love with that because it will keep Ferkser off the field at times, but he leads the entire tight end group in targets this year, and he's actually missed two games, so that was encouraging to see. And if there's been one area where the Bills haven't been elite or great, it's stopping opposing tight ends. They haven't been bad by any means, but it's the one area where they're like, yeah, well, you know what? If the tight end beats us, that's not the end of the world. We'll stop the wide receivers and the running backs, especially Derrick Henry in this matchup. You can imagine that's going to be a focal point for them. And I just believe that the Titans are going to be playing from behind in this game. So I'm going to have a little more exposure to their pass catchers. And that's been Ferkser on the tight end side of things for the Titans. And then to wrap things up there, I got Tyler Bass, the Buffalo Bills kicker, who's really just benefited from playing on this high scoring offense. You know, I mentioned it earlier, the Bills currently lead the league in most points scored. They average 34.4 points per game, and that has led to Tyler Bass here leading all kickers with 52 points himself. I was kind of surprised he was this cheap here at $3,400, considering some of the DraftKings performances he's had this year. He had 11 points back in week one, 14 in week three, 16 in week four. Definitely a guy who can get you double-digit DraftKings points, especially in a game here that has an over-under of 53 points. So again, he's just a little too cheap for me, a guy who can hit double-digit DraftKings points and meet value at this price tag of $3,400. He's clearly proven that here throughout the first five weeks. All right, everyone, that is going to wrap up the video here for today. As always, thank you all for taking the time out of your day to watch these videos. If you could like this video here and subscribe to the channel, I would greatly appreciate that. And don't forget, for those of you who want to sign up for prize picks, Mail Media Network is running that special promo right now. All you need to do upon sign up is use code MMNNFL. And all you need is for Derrick Henry to rush for one yard and you win a $25 bonus. So don't miss out on that. And if you want to sign up for prize picks in the future, you can always do that as well by using code MMN. And that will get you up to a $100 match deposit but let's enjoy this monday night game here folks let's win a little money as well i'm out of here hey what's going on guys your boy lq mr real deal fantasy hq this is the fantasy football picks and bets presented by prize picks make sure you guys download the app right now sign up using promo code mmn and they'll be matching up your first deposit up to 100 bucks that's free money people promo code mmn and you guys will be set up for success to bring home the gold so have a great show today got some studs got some duds the injuries of course my least favorite then we got some guys that we need to talk about to have the conversation is it time to let it go let it go i'm not a great singer but you know what i'm referencing but we need to have the conversation do we hold on a little bit longer for these players or do we just Flat out, just cut them. Just let them go. Get them off our bench. Get rid of the dead weight. So let's get right into it. So let's start with the dessert. Of course, let's get the stub muffins out of the way. These guys showed up and showed out. These guys deserve to be highlighted today. So Kirk Cousins had an incredible game, 373 yards, three touchdowns, and 33 fantasy points. Man, he showed up and showed out. He played a great game, great performance to bounce back, and I definitely think he needs to be playing like this more like moving forward. I mean, un honestly, Kirk Cousins was looking great in that pocket, great awareness. He was getting out of the way, out of, you know, out of the blitzes, and he was actually a little mobile towards the end of the game. So I do realize that he had overtime to play, so that's more opportunity to put up more fantasy points. But, hey, he was QB1 as of now. When I'm recording this, QB1 for the week. So I definitely believe Kirk Cousins, you know, he deserves that stun muffin stamp. Now, 
Moving on to Jalen Waddle. The Waddle, 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 Waddle game is a breakout this week. 70 yards, two touchdowns. He had 13 targets. He had 10 catches, 24 fantasy points. This is something we've been waiting for for Waddle. But based on situation, I definitely believe Tua can keep this going for Waddle. But Devontae Parker is hurt. Preston Williams was out. Not that Preston Williams was ever making a huge impact on the offense. I'm just saying they were missing some wide receivers. So therefore, Waddle was able to step up as the wide receiver one that we know he is. So moving forward, I'd love to see a Tua and Waddle connection just build and make greatness. So Moving on to Jonathan Taylor. Even though Frank Wright hates fantasy football, like flat out just hates fantasy football, it's like he doesn't understand that, you know, JT could be a full workload. Like he deserves like as many touches as Derrick Henry a game. Like I'm talking 25 to 30 touches a game. And therefore, we don't need to be ripping our hair out when we see going into the half, Jonathan Taylor only having two carries. Like, thankfully, 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 there was a lot of football left. He ended up with 145 yards and two touchdowns. This is great, but Frank Wright hates fantasy football. It's like he purposely wants us to stress that first half. So it's like, man, whatever the case may be, just hopefully, just hopefully I'm praying that JT could be leaned on as heavy as he was on the second half of the game, obviously, moving forward for all four quarters until, you know, week 17, until this year is over. But, of course, that's probably not going to happen. But shout out to JT today, stud muffin of the week. Now, let's get into some duds. Some guys that I was very disappointed in. Some guys that I actually had in starting lineups. So, crazy enough, Justin Herbert is on this list for the duds. I mean, only 195 yards. He had one touchdown, one interception, but only 12 fantasy points. Man, coming off of a week where you had five touchdowns, you had like almost 400 yards passing, and now you go into, you know, Baltimore, and obviously it's a different setting. It's a away game. But they were not playing with Justin Herbert. They were bringing that blitz every single time. The coverage was great. The Ravens played, you know, very good today. So shout out to the Ravens defense. Also have them in some fantasy leagues that still, you know, obviously run defenses. But Justin Herbert, man, that was a complete dud. Not a lot out of Keenan Allen as well. Mike Williams actually was hurt in the third quarter. He was sidelined for the rest of the game with a knee injury. Hopefully that is nothing too serious. Hopefully we can, you know, see him on the field next week. But Keenan Allen... He should be on the dead list, but we got more disappointment. So Antonio Gibson, let's get into him, man. Two point four fantasy points, splitting carries with J.D. McKisson, who had 15 fantasy points compared to Antonio Gibson, 2.4 fantasy points for 44 yards he had on the ground. So here's the difference, man. If you're going to split those carries with J.D. McKisson, you need to be splitting some of those targets out of backfield as well, because it looks like, you know, Antonio Gibson didn't really have any, you know, it obviously was a JD show today. It's kind of annoying trying to figure out what week we could start Gibson Gibson's on that line to where we need to play him based on matchups. He's not a start and forget. And honestly, I think coming into this season, I had a feeling like it would probably take a tide to where we need to look at JD McKisson as a serious factor into his offense. And today proved it. It's kind of to the point where, I could have Gibson on the bench until further notice, but I'm not going to make that drastic move because he just came from New Orleans with a 20 pack, you know, 20 fantasy points. So therefore, again, it's just a constant headache trying to figure out when we can start him and when we can't. So, yeah, he's on the dud list this week. Now, moving on to T Higgins, who I thought was going to have a huge game against the Lions, but apparently he did not. Only five fantasy points, only six targets. He only caught three of them for 44 yards. Very unfortunate. I definitely thought this was the matchup for him and Chase to actually explode, but apparently it was Chase and Mixon, which I'm not too mad at because I have shares of both of those guys. 
But looking at T. Higgins and most of the leagues that I have him in, I, I really feel as though this should have been the game that he just basically exploded as well, but he did not. So T. Higgins, you're on the dead list this week. So let's move on to the veggies, the, the worst part of the show. We're going to be talking about the injury. So unfortunately, Kareem Hunt suffered a calf injury. He was taken off the field. It was non-contact, what it looked like for the most part. It wasn't like he was in, you know, a, a bunch of like people tackling, like a gang tackle or anything like that. It was kind of just him running out for a check down and grabbing his calf, and he kind of went to the ground, and that was it. So no real time frame on that. Kadarius Tony was injured today with his ankle, but we knew that coming into this week that he had an ankle injury that was bothering him coming from the Cowboys game. And a lot of managers went out there and started him when it's like, this isn't the matchup you start Kadarius Tony, especially when he's dealing with an ankle injury. I mean, honestly, I feel as though you can tell who started Tony and who didn't. I didn't because simple fact, look at the matchup. My boys came to play today. It's a complete blowout. Even if Tony was healthy, the score still would have been what it had been. And I don't think he would have been fantasy relevant either, being that there's a Jalen Ramsey and an Aaron Donald going full speed at Daniel Jones. So therefore, yeah, who knows how long he'll be sidelined for this ankle injury, but hopefully he'll be fine. Now moving on to Latavius Murray, who also has an ankle injury as well. He was taken out of the game early, and I definitely feel as though he should be fine. Maybe, you know, he'll be out for a week or whatever the case may be, but the Ravens still have a Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, and maybe a Tyson Williams. Who knows? But we'll get to him later. So let's move on to the let it go, the drop him, or just bench him, which means when you bench him, hold. Just hold a little bit longer. I feel as though some of these players we should be giving – a little bit more time. Just give them an extended contract to basically be on your roster. But there's some guys that just need to go. Like, just get them out of there. Just get rid of this headache. Just get rid of them. If you could trade them, whatever. Put them on the trade block next week and see if anybody bites. But I'm going to get into it right now. Odell Beckham, man, it needs to be addressed. I'm not going to tell you to drop him yet. He's not droppable just yet. I'm only telling you not to drop him based on he could possibly be traded. Like, it could be happening Right now, as we speak, it could be happening, you know, next week before the deadline. At some point, he needs to be traded. That's what it basically is looking like. He's not being that big it factor that we known he was, you know, when he was in New York. So it's not a good fit for him with Cleveland. And it's obviously showing when you have uh, a Donovan Peoples-Jones making huge plays or uh, a Higgins making more plays and not being leaned on for, you know, crunch time plays like that. Like the Hail Mary last week where I was saying that Odell Beckham wasn't even involved in that. So. It's okay to bench him until further notice. I know a lot of people were thinking like he was a value pick this week, a clear wide receiver three, a flex play, and people keep throwing him in lineups and he's disappointing. Yeah, he had 10 points this week, but it's like you expect more out of an Odell Beckham, and that's where the problem lies. So I'm saying hold. Just for now, hold. Put him on your bench, and when he's traded to whatever team possible, he can easily be the guy and be used properly because I definitely think it's a chemistry thing or it could be something going on. I mean, it could be going on something in that building that we don't know. But what it looks like to me, the eye test with Oda Beckham, it looks like it's a chemistry thing. It looks like he's just going through the motions. Who knows? He needs to be traded. Bottom line. Moving on to Miles Gaskin. Oh, my God. Has he shit the bed week after week? His highest game, you know, last week against the Bucks, we were looking at like, oh, my God. Gaskin's back. Gaskin's back. No, like people need to dissect why he had 10 targets and 10 catches. Again, Devontae Parker was injured. I think I said this on last week's episode. Devontae Parker was injured. They needed wide receivers. They needed pass catchers. They needed guys who could step up and be effective. And obviously, 
You cannot run the ball on the Bucks. That's public information. You will not run the ball on the Bucks. You will not. I don't care. You just won't. So therefore, they definitely weren't going to run the ball with Gaskins if you know they're last in the league for yards per game when it comes to rushing. So they're dead last. And then you got Gaskins, who's not that wowing. But I'm going to tell you to drop him, man. Get rid of him. Get him out of here. You have guys that are on the waiver that are can be picked up and outperform him. Like it's to the point where like he's falling in that line of Ronald Jones where he needs to be dropped. He needs to be off your roster. Get rid of this heading. 61% of leagues are still starting him. He's still a guy that's being put into rosters. I mean, put into starting lineups and hurting rosters. That's literally what's going on with Miles Gaskin. People are not able to pinpoint what week we should be starting him being that they have a running back committee. It's annoying to see Malcolm Brown on the field more times than not of Gaskins. It's more annoying than, you know, see a, a freaking uh, Ahmed or Ahmed on the field as well, getting passing targets and making big plays as well. So it's like, you have to get rid of the headache again, put them on the trade block this week. See if you can have somebody bite buy low, whatever the case may be. But you do not deserve this ha have the he headache, basically, with all these running backs with injuries. And then you got a guy in the starting lineup putting up one point. Like, come on, man. Like, you know, you know, you're, you're the one probably watching this dealing with the headache. Just get rid of him. Get rid of him now. Now, moving on to another guy, I feel as though it's unfortunate Tyson Williams is being put in the doghouse. That's what it looks like. He's being healthy scratch, you know, coach decision why he wasn't able to play. But there may be some light at the end of the tunnel where, you know, Latavius Murray's injured, so where there could be playing time for Williams. But it's a little weird that he's being healthy scratched with these guys that are, like, blasting the pass, you know, Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell. But, again, it's a little weird that, you know, he's not getting the playing time where we saw him explode when he got his opportunity playing with a chip on his shoulder. Like, he looks hungrier than these guys. So I definitely feel as though, you know, Williams could be a hold but borderline drop. So that's where I'm on the fence with it. You could drop him because, again, you don't want dead weight on your benches taking up, you know, basically space when you could have guys on the waiver wire come in. And also bye weeks are in effect. Like this is this is bye week season now. Like it's bye weeks are happening. So you want guys that could come off the bench and be able to fill in, step up, show up and show out when their name is called. You don't want guys that are just dead weight on the bench and then you're sitting there putting them in your starting lineup and they put up nothing or they're not even playing. That's that's a sad part about it. So even if Murray is sidelined for a week or two, let's think long term. Are you going to hold on to Williams for, you know, X amount of weeks? Are you going to be deep into week 12 with a Williams still on your bench just taking up space? I don't know because I'm not. So he's on the more borderline like 60-40 for the drop him slash hold him. So you do what you want with that information. I just feel as though I just don't want the headache anymore. He has to go. Moving on. To another guy, it's a little unfortunate, but Jamal Williams, he's uh, been very quiet. So there's games where we see hot and cold, hot and cold with Swift. I think this is the first week where, you know, he went back to back weeks with fantasy relevant points. So shout out to Swift. But then Williams hasn't showed up since week one. So it's like they want to use the one two punch, but Williams just hasn't been leaned on as much as we thought he would be leaned on since week one, you know, with Anthony Lynn calling the shots for that one two punch. So again, it's like you don't want bench warmers, but I'm holding on to Williams for the simple fact, like I'm benching him for sure. 
but I'm holding on to Williams for the simple fact that Swift has a lingering groin injury that can put him on the sideline at any point in the season, or he can make up a new injury or whatever the case may be. So I'm holding on to Williams so he can step up and have that same workload, to have that same energy that Swift is being used. That usage is what matters if you know Swift was to go down. So I'm holding on to Williams with dear life, Jamal Williams, to be clear, to be for dear life based on if Swift goes down with injury, that usage, that upside, that potential with the PPR format, it's definitely there for Jamal Williams. So he's definitely a hold. Now for my last guy, we're going to be having this conversation about <laughs> Jalen Rager, man. Holy hell. He needs to go. I see a lot of people, you know, back and forth on the wire and a lot of my leagues, you know, picking them up, dropping them, picking them up, dropping them, which is weird because he hasn't done anything fancy relevant since week one. So it's kind of like, you know, people are living off of, you know, maybe he could be good this week, maybe, but it's no week, honestly. I mean, he's good to draw, you know, pass interferences. I mean, he had 95 yards in passing interference, but zero yards in catches so yeah you know that's a, a Jalen Rieger night so I definitely feel as though he's taking up space he definitely does not need to be rostered I think a lot of people are you know rostering hoping that you know we can get week one out of him again but week one wasn't anything crazy either to be honest so he's definitely on the dropping list you can get rid of him you can go pick up another wide receiver that's on the up and coming I mean again injuries are happening every week so therefore that man next man up can easily be there like honestly at this point I'd rather have a Van Jefferson, even though we've seen about two weeks out of him to have big games. I'd rather have Van Jefferson, you know, hanging out on my bench than a Jalen Rager. Like, that's just how I feel. And that's not even being a homer, but it is, it's true. I mean, we've seen big games out of Van Jefferson. We've seen him become, you know, the wide receiver three to have that target share as well on that Rams offense. And they're balling out right now. So go pick up a Van Jefferson and go drop a Jalen Rager. It's that simple. So, yeah, there it is. But anyway, Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. That is the wrap up of it. And this is the fantasy football picks and bets. Make sure you guys download the app prizepicks.com. Sign up using promo code MMN and you'll be set up for success. And I am your boy LQ. Make sure you guys follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere, social media at Real Deal Fantasy. And I'll see you guys next week for another great episode. Peace.